Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 6, titled Through the Looking Glass and What Walter Found There. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode that's got a lot going on. Like, this episode is stacked to the heavens with a bunch of very important story beats, a bunch of really good character stuff. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot to this episode, and we'll dive into the ins and outs of it substantively in a second. Uh, Before that... Uh, we are going to do yet another installment of everyone's favorite segment, Things That Are Different! Okay, so we have one big thing that I want to highlight, and it's actually an alternate timeline uh things that are different, and not a 2036 one. So, in this alternate timeline, uh, that original case with... The child that they found in, like, the underground place and he helped solve a murder and all that. Like, that didn't happen. That case never occurred. They never found this kid and that, uh, that was not a thing. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big deal. That's a pretty damn, uh, huge omission from the alternate timeline, especially given he plays, a. Uh, Crucial role in this episode. More on that in a minute. Anyway, uh, that's it for this installment of Things That Are Different. Okay, so before we actually get into all the various A story, I want to talk about this opening scene with uh, Peter and Olivia watching this a video message that Etta recorded. Like, just this random, non-consequential, hey guys, I'm gonna be a bit late, but I gotta file this uh, last bit of paperwork, yada, yada, yada. Just trivial stuff uh, that Peter just keeps watching over and over and over again. And then Olivia shows up and is like, hey, you didn't come home. Uh, I thought you'd probably be here. Look, next time you feel like this, want to do something like that, just in... Just include me. Just let's keep each other in the loop. Let's try to understand what both of us are going through and all that. And it's a beautiful moment uh, of just, of course, Olivia and Peter kind of coming together and mourning their daughter who they lost a second time. And I, I mostly bring this up, A, because it's a really good scene, and B, because I somehow forgot while talking about this big, fat, character piece of an episode last time around of uh, dealing with the loss of Etta. I somehow forgot to mention that, my God, Anna Torv and Joshua Jackson, they give their best performances in the season. Like, this is their best acting in the entire show. Like, they really uh, sell 
the fact that these are two parents who have endured this loss of a child a second time and this time have no hope with it. Like, just, it's... Their performances are so great. It's so heartbreaking how they do it. Like, they play off of each other's pain very well. Like, it's... Those are two incredible performances. I somehow forgot to say that through the entirety of the last episode where I was just talking about them mourning Etta, like, for ten minutes. So, yeah. I'm rectifying that now. Anna Torv and Joshua Jackson do their best work in this season. Which, by the way, I've heard rumors that Anna Torv and Joshua Jackson actually kind of hated each other throughout the entirety of making this show. If that's true, man, are they incredible actors. (laughs) Man, are they... Ten times better than anyone gives them credit for. Like, if it's true that they really hated each other, like, their performances are great regardless. They're amazing in this show, even without that. But, like, if they did, in fact, hate each other, their performances are god-tier. Like, holy crap. Uh, Just saying. Like, little side note. Anyway. So... The A story of this episode, like, the big through line of this episode, is that we finally got a new tape. And Walter decides to investigate it on his own. He uh, opens it up and then in the night just leaves and goes off on his own journey to uh, deal with the thing. Goes on his own journey to find uh, the thing from the tape. And the reason he goes out on his own when normally he would not do that, uh, and the reason he just kind of has this tunnel vision throughout the entire episode of, I gotta get the thing, I gotta get the thing, gotta get the piece of the plan, 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 is because since his, like, little brain bits have been put back, uh, the pieces that William Bell cut out because Walter didn't like who he was becoming were put back, he is sort of slowly, and has been slowly for a while, but this is really the biggest uh, piece of that, he is reverting back to the Walter he used to be. The man who destroyed two universes to save one life. Uh, The man who just had, like, so much hubris, and was so rigid and cold, and not the warm, loving, remorseful, compassionate Walter we know and love. And, like, they sort of deal with that very subtly throughout the entire episode up until the moment they explicitly state it at the very, very, very end. They don't tell you this is happening until, like, the last minute of the show, but, like, you sort of subtly see it throughout, and John Noble, oh my god, I know this has basically devolved into the Let's Praise John Noble show, but seriously, he is so good in this. Uh, and in this episode particularly, he is very subtle and brings very distinct nuances to his performance. Like, you'll see there's some moments where he's the Walter we know and love, like the Walter that you've come to expect. And there's some moments where he's just the stern, rigid, cold, cruel Walter that we saw in... 85, uh, and that we see in Walternet, like, 
And you can see he's sort of going back and forth on that, depending on the moment. Uh, there are moments where he's kind of in between Walters, and so you see this, like, half and half. And John Noble does such a great job of navigating that subtlety, navigating that nuance, and giving, like, a very varied performance throughout this episode as he kind of goes all around that spectrum of who Walter is based on the moment. Like, and it's great. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, and I love everything about that. So, Walter investigates this thing on its own, uh, while eventually the Fringe Division, uh, they figure out that Walter left and examined this tape, uh, and they sort of go after him. And... This episode, a large part of it takes place in this pocket universe. So basically, Walter created a pocket universe to hide something in. And this pocket universe, like, it doesn't really adhere to laws of physics. Uh, time bends in on itself, so like, five days is 20 years, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, I don't want to do those calculations, but basically time moves real fast in Pocket Universe. Uh, and just shit's all weird, like gravity's messed up, physics are messed up. Uh, there's these weird, like, optical illusion things happening, these impossible shapes. Basically, in a lot of ways, this imagery is kind of fringe does Inception. Like, there's a lot of Inception-y moments in this, particularly that one moment where you see, like, this spot that looks like a dead end, but there's actually, like, a corridor, uh, like, halfway in between the wall. Like, it's a very Inception-y, like, that's the, like, Penrose steps from Inception. Like, you you can kind of see the Inception influences throughout this episode. Uh, and, man, this Pocky universe they go into, it's weird. It's so freaking weird. Like, it is bizarre. And I love how this is shot. Like, they definitely, with the cinematography, do these subtle little camera tricks to sort of instill in the audience, yeah, this is a bizarro world. This is a bizarro pocket universe. This is a strange, strange little pocket dimension. And they sort of do those little camera tricks to sort of instill that sense of weirdness in the viewer, to sort of instill that sense of, wow, this is bizarre, wow, this is strange, wow, this is uh, outside of the norm, this episode. And, of course, like, set design and effects and all that. Like, it is very visually well fleshed out. Uh, also, I love the inclusion of this one dude, Cecil, who's just some random guy who... Wrong place, wrong time. Blown up by a light bomb. And just... Blown into this pocket universe. And it's just been trapped there. For him, it's been five days. For the outside world, it has been 20 years. Like, he went in in 2016. Five days passed for him. And then he ended up in 2036. Or rather, Walter and the others came in in 2036. I also love the idea that because time moves so differently in the Pocket Universe, like, the bits of the tape that are recorded in the Pocket Universe can't be played 
in our universe. Like, there's a moment where Walter crosses over into the pocket universe on the tape. And because he's in the pocket universe on the tape, because the camera's recording in the pocket universe, you can't watch that section of the tape outside of the pocket universe. Like, I love that. I love that little piece there. Like, it causes a bit more mystery, uh, and it's just a really cool, like, neat idea. It's a really cool, neat restriction. It makes sense because we've established that time works very differently in the pocket universe. So, of course, like, you can't really watch something in in one time frame outside of it. Like, if our pocket universe out- operates outside of time where time moves way, 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 way faster, then, of course, like, you wouldn't be able to watch it in the... In our universe, where time is, relative to the pocket universe, much further expanded. That's why you see that black screen. Uh, It's really, really cool. It's a nice little piece to put in here. Uh, Also, worth noting, this dude Donald, who we know as the guy who showed up at that mine in 2015, uh, collecting rocks, and then got captured by observers... Donald's on that tape. So Donald definitely worked with Walter. And Donald was definitely a key architect in this plan. We still don't know who he is. We still don't know who this Donald fellow is. Like, we have no idea. But anyway, uh... We find out also by looking at the tape, once everyone's reunited, that... What they're hiding. It's not a something. It's a someone. They're hiding the child. The child is who is being hidden inside this pocket universe. They hid him away for some reason because he's important to the plan. And... Yeah! (laughs) So there's that. Also, this brings up very, very interesting idea. Is the child an observer? Because child sure as hell looks like an observer. And child sure as hell is a big part of this plan to defeat the observers. And once we find the room the child was staying in, definitely, uh, definitely has a portable air degradation unit in there, so... Child observer? Maybe? Maybe this child is some weird form of observer? Who knows? I mean, I knows, because I've watched this show before, but for the people who haven't watched this show before, who knows? Uh, but we use the tape to find the room where the child was in. I, by the way, also love the idea that Walter had such tunnel vision of, I must go there now, that he didn't bring the tape with him and didn't consider that there's more to the tape. He just saw the tape and went, I must go now. Also, like, the way Walter treats the Cecil guy, like, he treats this dude like dirt. He treats this dude as just like, Nothing non-consequential. Like, this is a human being who Walter would normally treat with respect, but because he's reverting back to old Walter, who didn't care about anyone but himself, 
Like, he's just referring to this guy, oh, he's collateral damage. He's just, like, baggage to him. Like, it's just, my god. I also love, by the way, that the rooms on, inside this pocket universe, they're labeled with the same symbols that occupy the commercial breaks, like the cipher. On the, yeah, bet you didn't know this, but those images are a cipher. This show created its own form of code with the images, and every single image on the commercial breaks corresponds to a letter, which then creates a word for every episode. Bet you didn't know that. Bet you didn't know that. Uh, but I love that the... That's a nice little Easter egg, that the images on the doors are the images from that cipher. Just a nice little meta-reference. Uh, but they find the Apple Room... They go in there, and child's gone. And in the child's place is a radio with the tuning dial jammed, uh, set to one specific station. And so, we're kind of lost. We have nothing now. And we eventually, like, kind of deduce that, like, okay, if the observers knew about this place... They would have shut it the hell down by now. So it can't be them. The only other person who knew about this was Donald. It had to have been Donald. Now who knows why the hell Donald moved that kid. Uh, Maybe he thought Walter was dead. Maybe he thought the kid was in danger. We don't know. But Donald almost certainly moved this kid. And almost certainly left that radio. Which will be activated at some point later on. Whenever we get around to that. Whenever the hell we get around to that. Now. Little tiny wrinkle. In this whole deal. Not only do we now have to get out of the pocket universe. But. Turns out Walter accidentally got himself spotted. On the way over. And Winmark shows up with a bunch of observers and a bunch of loyalists. So now observers are attacking, and they discover the portal to the pocket universe, and they cross through. And so now we have, like, this big chase through this pocket universe with observers attacking. Uh, Cecil gets brutally murdered at one point. He's dead. Uh, and this is kind of a moment where Peter's observer tech that no one knows about but him yet kind of kicks in. And he sort of uses his, like, observer instincts to sort of navigate through the pocket universe uh, to sort of spot the portal so Walter doesn't have to do that ridiculous, like, dancey thing. Uh, And (laughs) it's a really, really cool moment. This entire chase sequence with the observers in the pocket universe is excellent. Uh, But they go through, uh, and then they try to escape. They shoot up some loyalists, blah, 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 blah. I also love this one moment where... Olivia almost goes through the portal. And Observer, like, has her and is choking her. She tries to shoot him with the Observer killing gun. It doesn't work. And then she realizes, wait a minute. Time move weird here. What if... And then she just she just pulls the dude into... 
real world, and then the gun works, and she murders him. Like, I, that, that's, there are so many cool moments in the Pocket Universe. The Pocket Universe is awesome. <laughs> the Pocket Universe is so cool. Uh, but they're escaping this building. At one point, Peter stays behind and is like, hey, I'll hold them off. I'll meet you on the monorail. Go, go, go. And then Peter gets into a fight with this one observer using his observer abilities from the tech in his neck, uh, from the tech in his brain that he put in there. And he's just engaging in this, like, little hand-to-hand combat, like, operating at this, like, very fast speed, like, the way an observer moves, like, moving the way an observer moves. And this one observer's like, uh, buddy, I I know what you did. You have no idea what you just did. You have made a great mistake. You have no idea what is happening to you. And it is at this moment that Peter teleports like an observer would goes behind him and snaps his neck. Uh, man. <laughs> so Peter's gone like full observer with his abilities. Like he can teleport. He can move as fast as an observer does. And I love that when Mark is just watching all of this and is like, you know what? I'm not going to stop him. I'm going to let this play out. I'm going to let this occur. Just naturally. There's no reason for me to get involved. Uh, and then Peter just leaves and gets on the monorail. Like, Jesus Christ! So, like, Peter slowly transforming into an observer on top of all this other stuff. So we now have so many hanging threads. We've got Peter slowly transforming into an observer. We've got Walter slowly reverting back to his old self. We've got this radio, uh, that is not receiving anything yet. We don't know when a transmission will come through on that thing. Uh, We have the child just who the hell knows where. All of that and more tapes. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot happening in this season. And I love it. I, I love this final season so much. It's so good. I know I've said this a lot, but damn, this final season is good. Uh, Anyway... Uh, yeah, solid episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as you go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 7. Talk to you then.